DJ PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Time to bring in Brian Taylor, Real Golf Radio. Golf is back in the news. Sweet. The weather is good somewhere. Maui, as it turns out. Brian, good morning. J.J. Barea is the Britain Covey of the NBA. That is the line <laughs> of the day right there. You like that. I, I almost drove off the road. I was laughing so hard. That was great. It's well true. done, sir. Thank you. Am I a complete and total uh, homer living on the west side of the country? Salt Lake is as far east as I've ever lived. Uh, everywhere else I lived is in California. Am I a total homer for thinking that from now through the LA Open is the best stretch of the PGA Tour? That's just me no, being a homer, isn't it? I, no, I, I love it. I love it. And I don't, I don't think the West Coast gets the respect that it deserves, to be honest. But, you know, back in, the, back in the day, you know, with the Ernie Elses and, and uh, you know, the, a lot of the international big stars, they wouldn't come play over here on the West Coast because it was so far to come, right? And um, from South Africa or otherwise. And, and so they would just show up in Florida. So a lot of times you wouldn't see uh, some, some of these top players. And, but, you know, the, the West Coast has got some great events. To me, the PGA Tour, I love the nostalgia and the tie-ins of, of, of uh, players and, and, and bygones, right? So you think about the West Coast, and they all had names, right? You had the Andy Williams and, of course, the Bob Hope and the Bing Crosby. Yeah. I mean, I love that stuff, right? To me, that's... That's what, that's what was, there was, there was a cachet to that. There was something you could identify with. And, uh, you know, the, the West coast is cool. I, I think I'm with you, DJ. I, I love the West coast swing. Yeah. I've been to every one of those. I haven't played every one of them. I've been to every one of them. I've played a few. In fact, I've, I'm proud to say I broke a hundred on the plantation course at Kapalua. a boy. <laughs> well, look, at least you can say you've played it. I have not played the plantation course. So you got that going for you. Yeah, yeah, I've been over there a few times uh, on my own and with work, and so I'm very much looking forward to this tournament. I, I tell DJ that every year I make sure I watch as much as possible these next two months just to torture myself thinking, it's snowing outside, I could be there. It's snowing outside, I could be there. Uh, and one of these days I'm going to be there, and I'm, I'm definitely going to go to this tournament. I have a friend of mine, and... Uh, he was there a few years ago, and he told me it was just absolutely awesome. And he was standing there um, outside the ropes, and there's not that many people there. And he was following Rory, and Rory sees him. And as his warrior's walking past him, Rory extends his arm and gives him bones. And, uh, nice. So, yes, he gave him bones back. And then, and then my friend, he's texting me, and I'm sitting at home here, and he's there. He lives here, too. And he's texting me, and he's saying he, he wants to go see where Dustin Johnson is next. And he's telling me about what just happened. And so I'm directing him where to go because I'm watching it in my house, uh, telling him, okay, he's on the 13th hole. You need to go, go this way, go that way, because I can watch it. Technology today is awesome. So I'm definitely going to be watching this one this afternoon and through the rest of the week. And, and as I go big picture... There's three things. You know, we do this draft with Casper, and I'm going to demand going forward that I get Rom every time. He's my, I'm going to pick him every time because I think, I think he's set up. And I also think this year, I think we're going to see a breakout of two players. One player is already on the verge of breaking out, and that's Morikawa. And then I'm going to go with Victor Hovland as my other guy. And when we get to this time next year, I think we're going to look back and we're going to see those guys really emerge. 
There's a lot to unpack from what you said there. Um, you, you know, first of all, Maui's a gr- from what I hear. I'm like I said, I haven't been over to that tournament, but uh, it's it's obviously a short field, and not a lot of people travel all the way over there to to watch golf. And so you get an opportunity to get up close with the guys, and so it's a great story with Rory. Um, I love to soak it in. It feels like the kickoff of the season, even though the season technically started back in October. Feels like the official kickoff. You sit here in the cold and the snow and you look at the beautiful views there at, at Kapalua and then you come back to you know the desert and, and up the west coast so in you know Phoenix of course and, and that whole party but uh, as far as breakout guys I mean Morikawa's I mean that that's an easy one right I mean the guy's played two full years on tour and he's got two majors he's he's the he's the next gen ball striker on the PGA tour he's that guy he's a Johnny Miller type of a ball striker. His iron game is just, you know, he's tiger-like in his iron game. Um, so he's, and he's shown that, you know, when he gets out there in the lead, he's, he's tough to catch and it doesn't make a lot of mistakes. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he's number two in the world, uh, had an opportunity to go to number one at the Hero Tigers event back in December, but, you know, he, he's going to have some other chances. He'll have some chances this week if he were to go on a win. He'd be number one in the world. So, yeah, I think Morikawa continues that rise. He doesn't seem like, uh, you know, he's so solid in all the fundamentals. You just don't see him having a, a slip. Um, Victor Hovland is, is, has had high expectations since he came out of college. He, as an amateur playing at the U.S. Open at Pebble Beach, he, you know, had, had a good week that week, a lot of attention and, and a lot of expectations. And, you know, he comes out with that class with Morikawa and Matthew Wolf, And, you know, th- th- that, that group is, it's stacked. It, it kind of reminds you of the Justin Thomas, Jordan Spieth, you know, group that, that came out before them. And so, yeah, I, I want one of my stories, you know, we're, that, that we're going to talk about on the show is this this continuing rise of this next generation. And I'd throw the Will Zalatoris and Sam Burns in there as well. You know, there's just some great young players that are going to continue to grow and emerge that grew up watching, you know, guys like Tiger go out and do what they do. And the guys aren't afraid to win. They get right out there on tour. They're not afraid to win. It's not like the PGA Tour of old where you had to cut your teeth and, and then you won majors in your 30s. It's just, these guys come right out and, and win and, and, and get after it. So what about the guys and the generation that now is moving into their 30s, even if they aren't all there, the guys who came out and cut their teeth and won two, three, or four majors, and they can add to the list, they can uh, make their name in the game, or they've had some injuries, they made a lot of money, maybe they got married and their priorities shifted, but they're, are they set up for big years? You can start, yeah, I think you can start with Rory or Jordan or wherever you want. Yeah, I think Battle of the Stars is, you know, and I think uh, you, you, we've got a lot of them. Rom, Morikawa, JT, Spieth, McElroy, DJ, Xander, Patrick Cantlay, who's coming off a four-win season and the FedEx Cup champ, Bryson and Brooks, you know, Tony Finau picking up his second win. So um, all those players that were on the U.S. Ryder Cup team, the momentum they're going to take and the confidence out of that, I think, is going to be massive this year. So I think you're going to see all those guys battle, you know, along with the, the younger guys that we just mentioned with the Hovlins and Zalatoris, Wolves and Burns and that. So uh, I, I, I think, you know, starting with Rom, uh, look, I'm with, I'm with PK. I think you should pick him every time a major comes around. He, he just came off his first win there at Torrey Pines. He's He's massive. I was watching a Callaway product launch uh, feature, and, and he and, and Xander were on the tee box together. And, I mean, Xander's not as big as, as, as uh, 
you know, the trunk of, of John Rahm. I mean, the guy has just got so much power, and uh, he's, he seems to be maturing. You know, he's a, he's a dad now. It seems to have settled him down. He seems a little more grounded and, you know, trying to control that temper that cost him, I think, a lot of tournaments early in his career. But he's got so much talent. So, yeah, John Rahm's number one in the world. Does he, does he hold on to it? Does he, is he a dominant number one? I think that's going to be an interesting storyline this year because, again, as you mentioned, Morikawa can take that over. And I think you'll see more of a carousel of that number one, not because of a, a negative commentary on not having a dominant player, but I think you've got such great players in the aggregate. You're going to see, you know, uh, more parity. Uh, I think Justin Thomas is going to have a big year. He got the Players' Championship win, shooting 64-68 on the weekend. He had seven top ten. Jordan Spieth seems to have found his stride, got back in the winner's circle. You know, he's a new dad. You know, he seems the swing is coming back. He's making those putts again, you know, that he was, was really famous for back in 2015-16. Rory McIlroy is, you know, I mean, that, that guy, he's coming up on Augusta. It'll be now the eighth time, I believe, that he's had an opportunity to complete the Kerr Grand Slam by winning the green jacket. And that's going to be a big storyline going into Augusta. DJ, you know, is he <laughs> – I mean, look, the guy was the leading points. What did he go, 5-0 and at the Ryder Cup? And, and yet kind of had a down year for, for a guy like, like Dustin Johnson, who was most recently world number one. Um, so th- those, are, those are some of the storylines. And then I expect a lot out of, uh, out of Tony Fino. You know, um, again, what, what will happen? After his back-to-back missed cuts in the summertime at the U.S. Open and Travelers, he averaged 68.5 over his last six events, including that win at the Northern Trust. His putter's uh, looking better. So a um, lo- lot of good storylines. And, of course, everyone wants to know when Tiger will come back. That, that'll, that'll certainly dominate. I think parody is a dangerous word, though. It sounds good. And if, if you're into it, if you're hardcore, parody is great. Because you're there. You're there all the time. But for the business aspect of it, I wonder how good parody is. Because I don't know that we'll ever have a time, and it's impossible to say that, but I'll say it anyway, that we'll have a time of interest in golf that Tiger Woods brought. I don't know that we'll ever be able to recreate that. And there wasn't parity, but yet it was like a golden error because he drew so many people in. So from the business side of it, and golf is basically a niche sport. I love it, and it's not a niche sport to me, but I get its place on the sports spectrum do they really want parity from a business standpoint, or do you want the one dominant, or maybe you have a second guy, so you have like a magic and a bird type of thing in the in the NBA's glory days? You see where I'm going with that? Yeah, no, exactly. And, and uh, is it too early to throw Charlie Wood's name out there? I'm just asking. Um. Oh, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, I meant to say that. <laughs> yeah, well, there, Woods is going to break uh, Nicholas's record. It's just going to be Charlie. I mean, come on. My goodness, that swing is a thing of beauty. You know, uh, look, to your point, there's nobody watched. There wasn't as many eyeballs on a PGA Tour event as there was with Tiger and Charlie, you know, on a hit and giggle. I mean, it's just he, Tiger does that, right? I mean, he, he, he there's not going to be another Tiger. And, and, and it's interesting that you said that you don't know there'll be another ex- era of excitement like Tiger brought. And I think it's because Tiger completely turned the sport on its ear. I mean, do you remember the first interview we did with Curtis Strange? He goes, what's your expectations? And he says, my expectations is to win. And Curtis laughed at him on camera. And he <laughs> says, you'll learn. Well, we learned, right? We all learned that Tiger was different. He turned a sport. He took a, you know, he took the Craig Stadler. Uh, and again, that's not a knock on, uh, on the walrus, but that was sort of the look of the PGA Tour. And he took it to this, you know, young, uh, flexible, 
strong, athletic uh, approach and just dominated. So we, we were all sort of like, what is this? And Bryson's done that a little bit, but it's so, but he hasn't, he hasn't dominated the sport like Tiger. He hasn't taken over the sport. So I only put that as context because I think it's an interesting point, PK. Let's say the next Tiger, quote unquote, comes along and he starts doing Tiger-like things. Are we going to be as interested or are we going to be like, yeah, we've seen this? It's not, going to, it's not going to turn us on a ear like what Tiger did to PJ Tour. So um, I, I, that, that's my first comment. Second comment, I, I, I think that Tiger is still in the game enough, Phil popping in his popularity, and then this young group. I think there's enough stars that maybe they could make that up a little bit with the parody, a little bit, because the PJ Tour is in a good spot. On the women's side, we've got Nellie Corda yeah. in the U.S., number one player in the world. Okay, she is outstanding. She's got a terrific swing, and she's the first American, can you believe this, to hold the number one spot over from one season to the next. I mean, you've got to go back to Nancy Lopez days before we saw anything like this. And so I think for women's, where the women's game is, having a dominant American player like Nellie, who's very popular, I think having someone like that that people can say, hey, is Nelly playing? I want to tune in to watch that. Like what we thought Michelle Wee would do, like we thought what Lexi Thompson would do. I think that's important where, they, where the LPGA is right now. That star power is important. The PGA Tour, it's always important, but I think there's enough of a group of them. And it's, it, that, that I think – does that make some sense? Like I think that the group can hold their own just a little bit. Well, you talk about Nelly Corda. It's like Ginger or Marianne. Are you a Nelly or a Jessica? <laughs> Well, I'm not going to take it to that. But <laughs> That's her sister. I understand that's her sister. Uh, but I, I mean, N- Nellie looks like if I was betting on the two, I would probably bet with Nellie. She seems to be, you know, she is the number one for a reason right now. And so, when you yeah. said the Walrus, you know what I thought of? Craig. Cuckoo Kachoo. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And he's the Britain Covey of. J.J. Yeah. Verreur, man. That was a dead on comparison. <laughs> so, so I think that anyway, your, I think your theory about the, the group of guys can do it a little bit. You're basically saying they can't be Tiger. You're right, they can be interesting. And you're right, they can hold more than just the hardcore. And you will see it because there'll be tournaments where those guys don't largely don't play. And there won't be as many people at those tournaments. There won't be as many people watching those tournaments on TV. And then when you get back to what Bob calls the A and B plus events where most or all of them play, there will be more eyeballs on it. But it still won't bring what Tiger brought. And for what Tiger brought, you probably have to go back to when you had uh, Nicholas challenging Palmer. You know, you probably got to go back. It it was probably a 35-year gap. And that's probably what we're waiting for again. But hockey's waiting for the next Gretzky. And the NBA wants to make LeBron the next Jordan, and it's awesome, but he's still not Jordan. Mm. I mean, mm. he's just, he's not. It's and fair. he's awesome. And he's dominating his era. And he's top five all time. But Jordan had the uh, a charisma thing that was just, I mean, it was a supernova. It was unbelievable. And Tiger had a charisma thing that nobody else has. And these other guys are awesome, and they have great stories. They don't have a Tiger hat. You know, and, and I think it's unfair to, to suggest that anybody could, right? I mean, I think that's how special Tiger is. I mean, you, you go through and you go, hey, look what, look what these guys are doing. And then you realize Tiger did it like 10x. 
right? I mean, when you compare Tiger stats, whenever we do comparisons and Tiger's name comes up, it's noteworthy, and we'll talk about it. But then you put it into context for the length, the duration that Tiger held that highest level of play. That's, to me, what speaks. And Bob used to say this about Tiger back when we first started the show 23 years ago. Well, we'll see the longevity. And I'm like, look, Bob, the guy's like, you can't find a more athletic player. He's going to be healthy for forever. Well, it turns out he wasn't. But, you know, still, for him to maintain that level of play for a whole decade, you you don't see it. And Phil Mickelson's a little bit that way, too. You know, he didn't have the dominating game because of Tiger, obviously. But still, to pick up 45, 46 wins, over the span and really not have any major injuries. It's, you know, Phil's what Phil did at the PGA last year was super exciting for golf. And I think, you know, that, that that's kind of a cool part of the game is you never know when that can happen. And we never know when, if that might come back and Tiger might do that at some point in time. So people will tune in to see that too. And I, I, I guarantee at some point this, this year, Tiger's going to tee it up um, based on what I saw last month, which shocked me. Uh, I think we'll see, I think we'll see Tiger tee it up sometime this year, maybe St. Andrews which is relatively flat walk and it's the 150th open championship. And obviously he's won a couple of opens there already. So uh, that, that might be someplace we see, we see Tiger Woods, but when he does, yeah, it'll be, it'll be crazy um, what people will tune in to see. So get this. We know that 16 of Phoenix is very famous, right? And the Saturday before the tournament, I'm going to be at hole 16, not to play golf, they're going to have a concert there, and I'm going to see two of my favorite artists, Thomas Rhett and Old Dominion, and they're going to play. They're going to set up a stage at 16, and they're going to have a concert there. And I'm really? su- yeah. So uh, yeah, and the tickets went on sale, oh, like November, October, probably 10 minutes gone, and they're selling 20,000. So they they'll have the stadium seats there as they normally they take them down and then they put them back up right. and so obviously they would be up by then cuz i played the course before in the summer and, and it it's weird cuz it looks nothing like it cuz they've already taken everything down <clears throat> and then they'll have it back up so i'll be there on the saturday before as they call it the bird's nest and they have entertainment that goes along with the with the open uh with the waste management every night they have um, various groups and these 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 artists are obviously country and they're going to start at the Saturday before. And uh, my wife and I and some friends from Arizona are going to go over there. So we're going to be there for a concert. And the, 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 it's going to be in the in the 16th hole. The bird's nest is right outside the state. The, uh, yeah, course. for the Thunderbirds. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I, yeah. That's, you know what? That's, I hadn't heard of that. That's awesome. I'd love to see Old Dominion. I've seen Thomas Rhett. Um, but uh, I, I think that's great. Let's that, see Phoenix. Phoenix is unique, right? Phoenix does PGA Tour golf different than everywhere else. And, and I love what they're doing. They're expanding that. They're bringing people to the golf course to watch a concert. I think that's outstanding. That's great stuff, great innovation. Um, more, pe- more chances to get people on the golf course, the better as far as the Grow the Game initiative. So I think that's totally cool. Get the party started Saturday before. Um, that's, that's tremendous. And to bring it full circle, maybe that's why I like the Western Swing so much, because there's so many distinctive courses and distinctive tournaments, and you get in the middle of the year, and they all kind of run together in my mind. A little bit. I, I think there's more character uh, to the West Coast. Uh, you know, I, I think the Florida courses. You know, that is, do you really know the difference if it's you know, uh, you know the, you, the Valspar right. versus? But you, you know, know Phoenix. You know Maui. You know, you know Pebble. Bay Hill. 
Uh, you Bay Hill, obviously. There's a yeah. few that you know stand out. Right. PPC Sawgrass, right? Obviously. So, uh, real quick, just a quick plug. So, obviously, Augusta uh, hosting uh, the Masters as it does every year. Uh, the PGA's at Southern Hills in Tulsa. Um, Tigers won there. Keith Goosen's won there. Uh, U.S. Open to the Country Club at Brookline. Uh, that's the greatest game scene. You know, Francis, we met that. The 99 Ryder Cup there with the big comeback, Justin Leonard's putt. So that's going to be fun to see. We haven't seen, uh, I don't think, uh, an Open there since the 80s. Uh, and then, of course, the 150th Open at the old course of St. Andrews. So uh, should be should be a fun year for golf. And then a President's Cup at the end of the year. So uh, excited to kick things off this Saturday on the show. All right, thanks. We'll talk to you then. Thanks. Appreciate it, guys. Brian Taylor, Real Golf Radio. We'll talk to him around the majors with Bob Casper. You'll hear them on Saturday mornings right here on the Zone Sports Network. DJ PK Bowler is going to join us in about 10 minutes right here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone as the Jazz win in Denver and get ready for Toronto. Bowler's coming up. Stay with us.